Hello and welcome to Horror Court Trash Over, the show that discusses all of the masterpieces and trash pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. Didn't Jack Nicholson and Marlon Brando make a film together? Mm, I don't know. What was that film? I have no what idea. What was that film? What was that film? <laughs> well, it's not this. That's right, everyone. We've come to the end of Summer Screams. And it's the, it is time. A film that when I watched it in, uh, well, when we watched it in 2021 in the cinema, we were struggling to contain our laughter mm. um, because this is, this is bad. This is, this is really bad. Um, it has its followers, people who think it's a good film, baffling to me, but you know, you do you, hun. Um, we are talking about old, 2021. We are, Yes. It's hard to describe because, <laughs> I mean, it was the breakout comedy of 2021, <laughs> but I don't think it was meant to be the breakout comedy of 2021. This film has the most, some of the most baffling dialogue and performances I have ever witnessed in a mainstream horror film at the cinema at the time of release. Well, we, well, surely we weren't the only ones laughing. I'm trying to... No, everyone was taking it really miracle. seriously in our screening, which is a fucking miracle because you watch a 15-rated horror film here in the UK and there's going to be some fucking arseholes messing around on their phones or doing loud noises. And this film, everyone was fucking silent and really into it. Mm-hmm. And me and Chris were the ones trying to hold back our laughter. Um, this is our first film on a podcast that is written and directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Okay, yeah. Uh, director, of course, of The Sixth Sense, Split, Unbreakable, The Village, Signs, The Visit, Lady in the Water, and more. Widely known as one of the most inconsistent directors working today. I... What did I like? Uh, split? Split. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it. The Visit? Yeah, it was alright. So, I mean, I, I love Split. I love The Visit. Um, I really liked Knock at the Cabin this year. Oh, okay. that, was, yeah. that was really good. Um, I like Signs, for what I can remember of it. Uh, I've never seen Sixth Sense. We've never seen Sixth Sense. No. We obviously know the twist. Um, but, yeah, his bad, I think it may outweigh his good. I mean, we weren't fans of Unbreakable, were we? No. Or Glass. Glass was fucking terrible. Um, I've seen Lady in the Water and it is abysmal. Mm. Um, I've seen The Village. Wasn't a fan of that either. It's it's a weird career. It's it's a very, very strange career. Um, and he's a guy who obviously prides himself on his twists. Um, prides himself on taking himself very seriously. <laughs> Before production, he actually screened two films for his casting crew which was said to be big influences on the style and tone that he wanted for old. The first was Walkabout okay. by Nicholas Rogue. Yeah. And the second was Picnic at Hanging Rock by Peter Weir, one of our favourite films. Yeah. Um, Shyamalan described them as stories about human beings struggling against the overwhelming power of nature. Films where nature becomes something mysterious, overwhelming, almost supernatural. Yeah, you didn't you didn't really achieve that here. No. <laughs> insult to bit of gang and rock <laughs> it, it is um and two australian films um actually, yeah which i i'm surprised he wouldn't have maybe set this in australia but yeah. yeah well 
he was also usually influenced by filmmaker Louis Bunuel's uh, famous satire, The Exterminating Angel. I see. Uh, another film about a group of characters that find themselves trapped in an otherwise uh, benign location and unable to leave. He was so influenced by it that he made the logo of Old's Beach Resort set in a white palm leaf, the exact same palm leaf that features in the opening shot of the film. Which is interesting. It's interesting. Um, This film felt like satire at times. Yeah. I re- it, it really... And I, I just... It's, it's one of those really strange sort of films that if he if he came out and said yeah this is a comedy guys this is meant to be fun and it's a parody mm. i would have believed him yeah. yeah i actually would have believed not like the room yeah but i actually would have believed him it was like oh you know m night Shyamalan's doing his comedy yeah. now fantastic switching it up mm-hmm. but he wasn't <laughs> it's not it's not a satire it, it's not a farce no no what it is, is an adaptation of a 2010 graphic novel by writer Pierre-Oscar Levy, who, and an artist, Frederick Peters, called Sandcastle. Okay. When asked what inspired him to adapt the book to film, M. Night Shyamalan uh, explained, the book gave me the opportunity to work through a lot of anxieties I had around death and ageing, and things like my parents getting older. Which is very interesting. Yeah. And, you know, this this is a post-COVID film. Yeah. I will say the premise of this film is great. And yeah. it has the potential there to be a very intense film. I mean, being stuck on a beach where you're aging another year every half an hour, that's terrifying. But the execution is a different story. It It's true. It, it has great potential. Yeah. And the story has great potential. And... It, it doesn't fulfil that potential, in, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, and like you said, it was around the time of coronavirus, um, when it was at its height, and that's when it was filmed, was it when it was at its height, so mm. they had to be tested daily for potential infections. Uh, and he said of production, the main priority was to keep everyone safe and well, despite all of us living and working together over a period of months. No one became sick, which was fantastic, which is a great thing, despite yes. the film well being done. awful. Well done. Well Budget... Done. $18 million, and it made $90.2 million at the box office. Um, this was a hit. Yeah. I think the advertising worked oh, well. Was, yeah. Yeah, there was lots of uh, trailers. Lots and of trailers, everywhere. lots of advertising. It made it look like a different film. Yeah. In, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think that's what drew people in. That and, you know... It was post-COVID cinema. There wasn't a lot of horror films being released. Yeah, um, yeah. And summer horror film. But M. Night Shyamalan, he, yes, inconsistent, but... Everyone goes back. Everyone goes yeah. back. Yeah. They, they do. To see what it's going to be this time. What it's going to be, <laughs> you know, and what is the twist? What is yeah. the big reveal? What is the water cooler moment? Yeah. The one you'll be talking about, you know, at work the next day. Well, before we get to uh, the frankly disappointing twist and the rest of the film, should we talk about who's in it? Yes, in a section we like to call, Hey, you were six years old this month. Uh, sorry, excuse <laughs> me. Hey, I know you. Um, This film takes a great cast mm-hmm. and gets them to deliver some of the worst performances I've ever seen. I don't understand it. Um, 
Gail Garcia Bernal plays Guy Kappa. Mm-hmm. He was in Mozart in the Jungle and Your Mother 2, The Motorcycle Diaries, Amores Peros, Werewolf by Night, Roma, Coco, and more. So, I mean, you know, I, I feel like there's a much better performance that could have been had here. Yeah, fantastic um, Mexican actor, really well-renowned in Mexico and in America. Um, been in some fantastic films and given some fantastic performances, mm. like really top notch. And I, I have no idea what was going on with this film. Yeah, the same could be said about Vicky Creeps, who plays Prisca Kappa, his wife. Style how of... are we? How are we pronouncing that? Let's get this out. Prisca. Prisca. Yeah. Prisca. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Star of Phantom. That's not how you said it. No, that's why I questioned it. Star of Phantom Fred, <laughs> The Colony. Hannah, The Wall, The Girl in the Spider's Web, The Survivor, Corsage, Bergman Island, Outside the Box, and more. Her performance is bizarre. It's... I don't even know what they're going for. No. So she's from Luxembourg. With uh, Luxembourg-ish and German heritage. Yeah. So she, she has an accent. Yeah. And... It feels like she's been told to really play up the accent. Yeah. It sounds fake. It let's, does. Let's be honest. It, it sounds does. fake. It sounds fake. It's her real accent, but the performance that Shyamalan's directed here, it it doesn't sound like her real accent. No. And it, it, it's perfectly reasonable to say, you know, use your, your accent. Mm. But it feels really put on, and yeah. I don't know how they've managed this. Yeah, this this is what I don't understand is how they've managed to make her sound, well, her accent sound mm. so strong, yeah. not to the point of incoherent. I know what she's mm-hmm. saying, but it sounds almost funny. Yeah, I mean, let okay, let let's let's talk about it. The fact that every time she says beach, it sounds like she's saying bitch. It's true. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Because it's high camp. It's high camp. It's camp. so funny. Her entire performance is high camp. Her whole, whole performance. But the really, the pinnacle, the cherry on top of all of this is the fact that every time... And this, this she says beach a lot. Yeah. <laughs> every time she says beach, it sounds like she says bitch. And yeah. it's... Funny. It's so funny. Yeah. And of course, you know, if that's her real accent, then that's, that's not saying she has a funny voice. No. It's this performance that has been directed here. Yeah. I don't know. I don't get it. And the only way I can describe it is her and her husband in the film. It sounds like every time they speak, it sounds like they're giving an interesting fact of the day. It's like, oh, so <laughs> fun fact, this beach there's something wrong with this speech. Like, it's it's, it's, it's so it's, weird. It yeah. genuinely sounds like, it's, it's like, oh, here's Guy and Prisca's fun fact of the day. It's kind of stilted. Every line of dialogue. It's yeah. like, it's stilted. Yeah. And it's, it's trying to be like, at moments where there's high emotion, it's even worse. Yeah. Because it sounds kind of stiff and stilted. I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to describe Without and I don't I don't want to like get into doing impressions and such, <laughs> but I also don't understand 
how the well, kids didn't have will, an accent. Uh, uh, well, yeah, that is a very That's good point. That's confusing that too. That is a very good point because they both have very strong accents. Very strong accents and the but, kids don't have strong yeah, accents. Our listeners will find out what she sounds like soon if they haven't seen a film of course. when we, we play the trailer. Yes. Uh, Rufus Sewell plays Charles. He was in Dark City, The Illusionist, A Knight's Tale, Judy, The Father, The Holiday, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, Hercules, The Sea... The Legend of Zorro, and more. Again, prolific actor. Yeah, yeah. Does he always play pricks? Uh, maybe. I think I think he's a bit typecast as the obnoxious guy. I'm just thinking the holiday, mate. Maybe I'm just thinking the holiday. <laughs> um, but his face. <laughs> it, the moment I see his face, because yeah. I love the holiday. I've seen it numerous times. And he's so mean and so horrible to Kate Winslet. That um maybe maybe I'm just biased because of maybe. that one single film. <laughs> I maybe I'm the problem. Um, another bad performance. Um, again, British accent, and he is making that apparent as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, his character actually could have really called for some real acting. Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll get into a lot of this, but yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, I, what, what else we'll, we'll get into it as we, we need receipts and so we need to back up our claims. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of, uh, you mentioned faces. Did I? You did mention Faces. Um, there is an actor in this who has a stupid face on his face. Oh, of course he has a stupid face <laughs> on his face. <laughs> yes, that's right. Alex Wolf from Hereditary is in this, uh, playing the teenage version of Trent Capper, age 15. Certainly was not 15. He, uh, also, as well as Hereditary, is in Pig, Patriot's Day, Oppenheimer... The Sitter, My Friend Dharma, The House of Tomorrow, The Naked Brothers Band, uh, and more. Oh, okay. Him and, him and his brother Nat Wolf uh, from Naked Brothers Band. I, yeah, I never watched that, did you? No, I didn't. Oh. It's the power of the internet. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get into yeah. it even more. Thomasin McKenzie plays Maddox Kappa, age 16. Uh, star of Leave No Trace, Jojo Rabbit, Last Night in Soho, The Power of the Dog, Justice of Bunny King, The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies, and more. And yeah, again, there's a lot of great films there. Jojo Rabbit, Last Night in Soho, Power of the Dog, Justice of Bunny King. They're all so good. And she's so good in all of them. Yeah. Um, she's not the worst performance in this, I will say that. It's not great. No, and she's from New Zealand, and she she's quite sort of... Famous for her accent. Yeah. And I, I, I like her accent and I like the way that she speaks. Mm-hmm. Um, but she puts on an American accent yeah. for this film. Yeah. Okay. Finally, Ken Lung plays Jaren Carmichael. He was in Industry, Lost, The Sopranos, Saw, Star Wars The Force Awakens, Red Dragon, Missing, Rush Hour, AI Artificial Intelligence, X-Men The Last Stand and more. Did you know who was in Missing? No, the uh, the mum's new. Oh, boyfriend. oh, of course. Oh yeah. wow, 
Okay, that's cool. And do you know what? He's great in that. He's uh, even great in X-Men The Last Stand, a film that isn't very good. He was great in Saw. Um, yeah. This, uh, his performance is up there as one of the worst. It's true. It's true. So, just one that I've got. Yeah. Um, Embeth Davitz mm-hmm. plays Adult Maddox. And she's most famous for The Amazing Spider-Man and uh-huh. The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Bridget Jones's Diary, Army of Darkness, 13 Ghosts remake, Ooh. The Hole, and uh, of course, her most famous role, Matilda. Not as Matilda, but as Mrs. Wow. Miss Honey. Okay. Who's the, te- who's the nice teacher? Miss Honey. I mean, there you go, Miss Honey. If, if I'm wrong, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> And with that being said, let's get into our feature presentation. Are we there yet? This beach, it's beautiful. My swimsuit is hurting. They do look small. Come on, let's play hide and seek. Have you seen my children? Mom, I'm right here. He was six years old this morning. Oh no. Mom, I'm scared. There's something wrong with this beach. We were chosen for a reason. What's happening? I don't know. I can't think. this summer as you've just heard the trailer features two very distinct lines of dialogue first there is this morning you were six years old yes second there's there's something wrong with this bitch yes <laughs> these lines do not appear in the film these lines do not we, we were, were waiting so we could not wait so disappointed we so really camp. were they're so camp and I I would have given the film an extra half a star yeah. if it had featured these lines. So disappointing. But the first line of dialogue is up there with those as, as some of the best dialogue um, <laughs> in cinematic history. So we, we meet Guy and Prisca Kappa who will go for a separation and their young children, Maddox and Trent. Maddox is singing along to Remain. By Saleka Night Shyamalan. Nepo Baby. Um, Nepo Baby. And, you know, he really wants to get his daughter singing in this film because fuck me. We hear it like a thousand we times. Do. We do. Um, first, it's not a bad song. But no. It was giving me... A, that many times. To be honest, it was giving me a little bit of Sia. Wow. I did think it was a Sia film. Um, uh, song. Sia film. film. We do not, not need another Sia, Sia film. film. Well, I'm... I'm we certainly won't be watching that Sia film. Um, first line of dialogue in the film that isn't singing. Prisca, sing it, girl. You have such a beautiful voice. I can't wait to hear it when you're older. <laughs> to which Maddox abruptly stops singing and Trent informs his mother that her supportive words have ruined the spontaneity of Maddox's singing. <laughs> And I just put, I just put in my notes. I hate children. Trent talks like a fucking asshole, like throughout this entire film. Mm. <laughs> like every age, he just talks like a fucking idiot. That's like so rude. You know what's giving me? <laughs> you know, like Charlotte's kids in um and just like that, how they're just like really horrible to him. Like she's being supportive, you twat. I feel horrible. <laughs> Uh, to avoid saddening their young children, the couple take them to a tropical resort as a final family vacation. Oh. As they're at their hotel, Guy and Prisca are given complimentary drinks and the children befriend Eadleep, 
who is the resort manager's nephew. Um, the hotel really is beautiful. Yeah. It, it is. Um, Prisca cannot believe that she found this online. I'm like, where are she going to find it, hun? She's like, I can't believe I found this online. What, what are you going to do? Go to tra- anyone go travel agents anymore? Why was why so weird that she found it online? Trent informs Eadlieb that he loves completing 10,000 piece jigsaws and hanging them on his wall. Eadlieb collects conch shells and has 42. Lovely. So pleased to know these facts about these kids. <laughs> but, it, it, but it's literally, and so much of the dialogue, I think my biggest problem with this film is... Well, it, they're connected. So it's the dialogue and it's the delivery of the dialogue. Yeah. And obviously with the kids, the fact that uh, Trent is trying to talk like he's an old man is a little bit of foreboding with the fact that soon enough he is going to be an old man. Yeah. And like the singing at the start, it's like, oh, I wish I could hear you when you're older. But you are going to hear her singing when she's older. Yeah. It's, and there's like dumb pieces of foreboding. It's like, come on. It just is like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. You know, um... Isn't it ironic that she's saying this kind of thing? Yeah. And it does it does annoy me that what what I feel like they have the kids talking like this is to make it easier later on so you're not forcing older actors uh-huh. to talk like children. Yeah. So there's that ambiguity there. So Because it's something that confuses me throughout. It's like, well, how... Obviously, they're physically changing, but what is happening with their development, educational development with these kids? Are they still... Because there's parts where they're still sort of five, six years old, Mm. but then as they develop, they they use phrases and say things... It's very it inconsistent. It doesn't really make sense. Yeah. It is inconsistent. Because there is one scene where one of the kids says, oh, my mind has changed now as well. So you think they've developed like that, but then they'll go back to talking like a child again. It's yeah. Like, well, or well, not understanding something that maybe they should understand. They go to the beach. Yeah. Uh, not that beach. No. They go to a beach. A beach. Uh, and Trent asks random people what their names are and what they do for a living. Gets annoying fast. That'll help um, later. When they answer, he says bye and uh, walks away. He finds out that someone on the beach is a police officer. Oh, that might be helpful later. Idlib, um, well, they're, they're talking and Idlib says, I don't have friends. Well, he, he wants to play a truth-telling game. ruin the fun. Yeah, he wants to play a truth-telling game. Trent's like, I can't do push-ups. And Idlib's like, I don't have friends. Oh, well, Okay. <laughs> Did who else doesn't have friends? Who? Maddox. Yeah. Because she's struck, and this is, and it's an interesting thing because she's there and she's sort of looking at older sort of kids, teenagers, yeah. and sort of like being apprehensive about talking to them, and and it's an interesting part of the film and the idea that potentially she maybe want to get older. Yeah. You know, when you're a certain age, and we've all been there. You know, you want to grow up fast. You mm-hmm. want to be able to turn 18 and start drinking or, or 21 yeah. or get your license and this, that and the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you're there and then you find yourself 10 years past that, you kind of want to go back. Yeah. You know, and it's about wishing your life away mm-hmm. uh, to get to a certain age, which 
I've managed to make way more interesting now, <laughs> not tooting my own horn, than the film manages to do. Because yeah. you have this little snippet, and, and I've just made it into something that never really happens uh -huh. in the film, unfortunately. But it would have been a very interesting aspect. Yeah, it's true. And M. Night Shyamalan, he's acting as if he did do this. Yeah. This is what annoys me. It doesn't annoy me. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. But, <laughs> but what baffles me, I suppose, is the word, is that he's kind of acting as if he did all this. And this is great meaning and this great theme to the film. But it doesn't. Mm -hmm. It 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 over explains certain things, but then doesn't make this aspect clear, the themes and the interesting ideas behind it all. Yeah. Uh, at night, Maddox and Trent overhear their parents arguing and play a message decoding game with Edith. Um, the written code that the children use for this game resembles the code the Zodiac Killer used in the San Francisco Bay Area murders of the early seventies. Why? <laughs> yeah why why it, it's why would the kids know this code and now that we know it it feels really inappropriate it, it just it's just why but this is <laughs> why are you using this like, this is another thing that, that i feel like they've deliberately done to make the kids seem older than they are yeah like old souls you, uh -huh. you would say you know um they act are much older than they actually are. Yeah. And... But it's, it's like, it's people, it, do you think people are going to be in the cinema like, ah, oh, you, you clever bastard, that's the Zodiac Killer Code, oh my God. Why, why is this in there? Who's so it for? I mean, horror fans, I mean, I, I probably would have if I was more clued up. You know, people do like true crime. Just in the context of the film, it's a bit strange. Yeah. Um... My favourite bit of dialogue from this scene is when Prisca says, uh, you're always thinking about the future. It makes me feel unseen. To which Guy replies, you're always thinking about the past. You work in a goddamn museum. <laughs> <laughs> ah. <laughs> the next morning... <laughs> Oh, yeah, you're always thinking about the past. You work in a goddamn museum. <laughs> the next morning, <laughs> the manager um, it invites the family to a secluded beach where three additional parties uh, are present. So, this is where we're introduced to new characters. We have rapper Brendan Midsize Sedan and his female companion, who doesn't get a name. Just female yeah. companion. Midsize Sedan. That's a car, isn't it? It's a car. That's like a, a basic family-style car. Yeah. Midsize Sedan. Th there's more to say about him, but we'll get Is to Is that it. what Vicky Gunvalson was given when she wanted a bigger van? I no, know a family you. van. Okay, anyway. Surgeon, time. <laughs> Surgeon Charles is elderly mother Agnes, his wife Crystal, and their young daughter Cara. And Jaren and Patricia Carmichael, a close-knit husband and wife. So, before we get to the point where they go to the beach, well, mid-size sedan is already there. And he's watching female companion go skinny dipping. Mid-size sedan. First of all, the name is obviously a parody of a rapper's name. Yes. Now, 
this character, we're two white guys in Salford. We're not here to talk about what's racist and what isn't racist. But there are points where this character feels pretty fucking racist. It feels like a parody. Yeah. Um, in a film that isn't a parody. So it comes across... Um, it comes across a little sort of bigoted, really. Yeah. And I know it probably isn't meant to be. It is probably meant to be a, a nod to rappers and, and their names and such. But the way he speaks as well, yeah. it, it really, it doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't sit every, well. Every sentence starts with damn and yo. Um, out of everyone on the beach, he's the one who's accused of murder immediately. Um, Which would have been interesting if they had yeah, developed that's, that more. That's the thing, this is why it feels borderline racist. It's because that's a bit of social commentary. that, Especially with the time uh, that it was released and everything. Absolutely. This would have been so interesting and really could have said something. But because it isn't dealt with, and spoiler alert, he's dead. Like, by the time you reach the halfway point of the film... Just because he's murdered by a racist man, it's kind of like, okay, just showing that doesn't deal with it. No, it doesn't. And and this this is my biggest problem with the film, and you're going to hear me say it a lot, a lot, is that there's too many characters. Yeah. There's too many films being, like, themes being brought up within the film, because this, this would have been interesting, you know, Charles, as the bigoted character mm. who kills Brendan... You know, that's an interesting story arc. Yeah. But then you've also got Crystal's story arc. You've then also got Kara's. Yeah. And then you've also got everyone else's. And it it, it feels muddled. Mm. And it, it doesn't deal with it as fully as it should. Yeah. And when it's paired with what feels like a parody mm. of hip-hop artists and rappers... It doesn't sit well with me. No. And again, like Gary said, we're, we're not here to tell anyone necessarily what's racist or, or not to a certain degree. Yeah. But for us, it doesn't sit well. Yeah. It, it feels off. Yeah. It does feel off. Next one is well, used to... Damn. It, it, sorry, just going back. Damn was a 2017 album from Kendrick Lamar. Mm. And I think maybe that's why they did that, where he said, damn, he started every sentence with damn. I don't know. I'm not sure if they looked that much into that. Um, Yeah. Because he also says some very interesting and clever things. Uh Um, But again, it's, it's not really dealt with or brought up why, you know... Why is the film having him say these clever things yeah. and being rational? And, you know, I, I just wish it was a little clearer mm-hmm. with that aspect, I suppose. Charles and his family have breakfast where Crystal flirts with the waiter, orders the calcium bomb juice and warns Kara not to slouch because she'll get a hunchback and it'll turn boys off when she's older. Yeah, so Crystal's thing is her calcium deficiency. Yeah. Um, the hotel manager interrupts the Kappa family's breakfast to invite them to the beach, and they accept the invitation. Elib looks concerned about this and ignores Trent when he waves to him. Patricia has a seizure at breakfast. She does. Charles helps, and Jaren speaks like he's AI. 
So, yeah, so uh, Charles is, I'm a doctor. And Jaren is like, my wife has epilepsy. I'm a nurse. My name is Jaren. <laughs> Why is he talking like that? It's just like C3PO, for fuck's sake. <laughs> and this, again, it's the dialogue. It's the delivery. It really throws me off. Yeah. But that's solved quickly. And uh, M. Night Shyamalan... Drives both families to the beach. So, yeah, he gets his cameo in all his films. This one is a little too... Yeah, this one's a little too extensive. um, Because he can't act. And that grows increasingly obvious with each cameo. He cannot act. Um, And he, as he drives uh, both families to the beach, Maddox listens to his daughter's song again. Yes. Charles uh, asks him to help with the bags when they get there. Because uh, we have an elderly person and a child... Can you help us with these, please? We have an elderly person and a child. Uh, but he's like, nah, i got to get back. And then leaves. Well, they've given him a fuckload of food. Yeah. And uh, M. Night Shyamalan's character says, you know, you need all this food because children eat a lot. And you have three children. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. They make their way onto the beach and they find mid-sized sedan sitting there on his own. Um, guys like, kids, look at the beautiful coral. <laughs> and yeah, then, which is foreboding as well. Yeah, again, so look at the beautiful coral. That's literally our way out. Like, literally, you should be looking at the beautiful coral. Uh, and then Maddox spots Midsize Sedan. She starts clapping for some reason when she's talking. She's like, oh my God, that's Midsize Sedan. He's a rapper. More dough for the cooking. <laughs> which I'm assuming is a song. A song. <laughs> I hope it is. For some reason, Priska asks Guy what book she's reading. <laughs> and he says, I don't know. Why do you ask? No reason. It genuinely is for no reason. It genuinely is for no reason. It's what, no I'm reason. Is, what I'm assuming it is, you know, Guy should... She feels unseen. Mm-hmm. And Guy should know. It's a big fat book. She's yeah. clearly been reading it for a long time. Uh-huh you know, he should know mm-hmm. and take an invested interest in what she's reading. Mm-hmm. Which is, again, very interesting. Yeah. But it doesn't go anywhere. No. no. Um, the kids play a game where they chase each other and when one taps the other, they just stay frozen in one spot. And this scene is really badly shot. Some of this film has some really nice cinematography. The beach looks beautiful. Um, but then this scene... it. It's just really like fast moving camera work. I fucking hate the camera work in this film. I really fucking hate the camera work in this film. All of the sort of zooming around for no apparent reason, hiding certain things. Mm -hmm. I hate it. Weird angles for no reason. It's, yeah, it annoys me. Next, they play hide and seek, and Trent discovers the corpse of a female companion who now looks like Lady Gaga. And of course, this is where we get her first. Oh, damn. <laughs> Death becomes her because she really looked like Lady Gaga. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pale, admittedly. Yeah. And she has an owl on her necklace as well. Does Lady she? Gaga. Oh. <laughs> Lady Companion. <laughs> Charles grows suspicious of Miss Size Sedan, um, who reveals that he has been experiencing nosebleeds because of his hemophilia. Now... This is where we start seeing the racism from Charles. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, that's never dealt with, but we, we start seeing it. Anyway. Yeah, well, it is. It it's it's a difficult one um, because Charles does act weird towards him, and also towards Jaren. Yes, that is also true. Which says, you know, he's bigoted. He's racist. Yeah, but spoiler alert, it, it kind of is eventually made to be a symptom of his schizophrenia. Mm. Which, again, I, I don't know if, if that sits well with me. No, yeah, because then even if, uh, you know, the betrayal of Mid-Size Sedan and the racism towards him isn't dealt with and is a bit iffy, then the mental health representation is even worse. Yeah, because, you know, um, what what's her name? Pat- Patricia, is it? Yeah. Yes. So Patricia is a, a black woman and she does say, you know, she doesn't like what's happening yeah but then that's it that it's not mentioned again do you know what i mean i just i kind of wish they would have stuck to something and dealt with it yeah and went with it yeah it's too messy agnes's chest starts feeling funny and trent's swimming shorts get tighter uh, Jared and Patricia finally arrive, and yeah, there's something funny. Patricia is not a fan of the situation. Yeah, Jaren walks into a cave and blacks out. He wakes up on the beach. Patricia tells me walk back, holding his head, and fell over. After the children uh, rapidly turn into teenagers, and Agnes suddenly dies, the families conclude that the beach is aging them. The occupants undergoing the equivalent of one year of aging every 30 minutes. Which we know, but they, they, they don't figure out until, until later. later yeah. Mid-sized Sedan runs away and Charles chases him. Uh, but much like Jaren, they discover that trying to leave the beach results in them blacking out and waking up where they left. Yes. So Prisca and Guy are like, okay, we need to go and have a parent's talk. And she's like, if I cry, don't let them see. Yeah. <laughs> Before the big reveal of uh, Maddox and Trent's ageing, yeah. Jaren and Patricia sit down with them and they try to guess their ages. <laughs> and they're like, oh, Trent, I reckon you're 11 years old. <laughs> Maybe... No one talks like this. No. I, I reckon you're 11 years old. So, really? I'm six years old. <laughs> No, you're not. Oh, they've been through a tough time. They found a dead body. <laughs> Just let them say whatever they think. Uh, and then Prisca comes along and says, anyone see my kids? <laughs> They're like right in front of her. <laughs> and she goes, uh, oh, the kids are reacting to something they ate. <laughs> I was like, really, bitch? Because she's a fucking know-it-all. Yeah. For the, a lot of the film, she's an absolute know-it-all. Uh-huh. But even... <laughs> You know, she got a question. Like, oh, it must be something they ate. What, yeah. that aged them? <laughs> um, yeah. <sighs> they they decided, Prisca and Guy decided that they should ask Charles to look at the kids because he's a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, they ask him and in a fit of rage, he cuts a mid-sized sedan with a pocket knife and the group watches as his injury quickly heals. Um, Charles is like, listen, I, I don't know why I did it. I thought he was going to hurt me. I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Which is really interesting. It, it, it is. Yeah. It's, it's a really interesting aspect of the film. You know, his bigotry. Yeah. It's, but again, you know, not dealt with it. It, it feels 
strange. Yeah, it's it's um, it, it's a little trashy when you just throw it in there as a plot point with nothing, saying nothing whilst not dealing with it. Yeah. yeah. Charles has a look at his daughter, reveal she's now thirteen, but she turns six on Tuesday, and the dog suddenly dies. To which someone, I think it was Jaren, is like, "The dog has died." <laughs> the dog has died. <laughs> I like when uh, mid-sized sedan says, "This was supposed to be a Zen trip." <laughs> <laughs> Maddox talks to mid-sized sedan and tells him she has more colours in her thoughts now. She had colours yesterday, but now they're stronger. Whatever that fucking what does that means. Even mean? Stop wasting my time. <laughs> Patricia hosts a meeting and asks why everyone's there. Crystal reveals she and Charles are going through a rough time. Prisca won't answer and says the kids need help because they're reacting to something. To which she starts having some sort of reaction herself. Yes. Guy then reveals that Prisca has a tiny stomach tumour. And it suddenly grows a lot bigger. So they're like, Charles, you're a doctor. You know, sort it out. Um, so he decides he's going to perform a spontaneous CGI surgery to remove it. As he's about to do it, he turns to them and says, Did you know that Jack Nicholson did a film with Marlon Brando? What was the name of that film? <laughs> so after his little test of seeing if anyone's a cinephile in the group, he <laughs> does his surgery and it's successful. They He does it there and then, yeah. gets it out. Um, As a cinephile, just so you know, it's Missouri Breaks. Thank you, thank you. This, which seemingly has no relation to any of the film, uh, the themes of this film. No, it's just completely random. This is such a weird thing. Considering again, considering it's not a comedy, and I know you can include humor in horror films that aren't listed as comedies. I get it. This is a weird joke that keeps coming back because it, it's not. Uh, it, the problem is, it comes across as a joke. Yeah. But it's not a joke. Mm -hmm. It is a symptom of his schizophrenia. Yeah. And we don't find that out until much later in the film. But it's so jarring. Yeah. That it, and, and because of the delivery, and because of... For us personally, and you know, people see things in different ways. But because we found the film so funny up yeah. until this point, we found this funny. Uh -huh. And it's not. It's not meant to be. No. It's meant to be a symptom of his schizophrenia, mm -hmm. you know, but because the dialogue and the delivery of the dialogue has been funny up yeah. to this point, I couldn't help but laugh. Yeah. And this random Jack Nicholson, Marlon Brando, I, I don't, I don't know why that was what was chosen. I, mm -hmm. I don't know because it has no bearings on any of the themes of the film. It would have been interesting if it did, you yeah. know? It would have been like, oh, cool, you know? Not everything has to be the height of realism. You can no. have those little in-jokes. You can... Well, not jokes, but those little references, the little Easter eggs, the little... Another part of the puzzle for the main theme of the film, uh -huh. you know? If, if it was a film about ageing, you know, if it was a... a because this is what the film is meant to be about, ageing, and how we each deal with ageing. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it just, it feels like parody. And the bit before Gary was talking about with Patricia, when she, she explains that, you know, they need to form a bond. Um, if they don't form a bond, they're going to make destructive decisions. And then it's basically everyone just 
revealing their relationship issues, mm-hmm. that also felt like parody. Yeah. It felt like it was parodying therapists, yeah. psychologists. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, if we don't all get together, we're, we're going to make destructive decisions, guys. And then everyone sort of just reels off their uh, issues. Mm-hmm. It, it, and it felt like comedy. Yeah. Um, and speaking of, after the tumour's removed, which we only see the last minute of, which, thank God, because that fucking CGI is awful. Yeah, well, everyone has to sort of put a hand in, don't they, to hold yeah. the wound open because it kept healing too quickly. <laughs> Once they take it out, um, she's like, I just fainted. And Guy is like, we took the tumour out. It was going to kill you. And she's like, Guy, I feel better. <laughs> <laughs> I feel better. Nice. Mid-sized sedan discovers that the body of female companion has fully decomposed in a matter of hours. I hate, hate, hate that she's only known as female companion. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Prisca, being the know-it-all that she is, (laughs) and I'm paraphrasing here, she says, I'm not a forensic pathologist, but I do work in a museum, and I have seen human bones, and I know that a body will completely decompose after three years. So clunky. The dialogue is so clunky. And then she's like, Guy, you now have wrinkles. <laughs> she tells everyone that judging from the kids, a half hour is equivalent to a year of their lives. And we get some great dialogue from Midsize Sedan to Patricia. Oh, yeah. So uh, Prisca says, uh, going by Trent and Maddox's ages and the time we spent on the beach, half an hour is equivalent to something like one year of our lives. This must be true for all of us. We just don't see it on everyone. <laughs> and the camera pans to Brendan, who says to Patricia, you know, it's the first time they wish they were black. <laughs> <laughs> and I laughed because it's funny. Yeah. And it was meant to be. So well done. Hopefully. Old. <laughs> uh, she tells, uh, yeah, she tells them all about that. And Kara uh, and Trent continue to age. And they have sex with each other. And Kara gets pregnant. Yeah, thankfully we don't see it. No. Uh, we do see her CGI belly, though. Um, and Charles reacts to this by saying, Jack Nicholson and Marlon Brando were in a movie together. <laughs> <laughs> Charles accuses uh, Jaren of wanting to steal his wallet. So now, more racism coming out. Exactly. Whilst Jaren prepares to help Kara give birth with her bikini still on. So I don't know how that worked. Oh, that reveal... Of her pregnant walking down the beach. It looked so stupid. It really did. She gives birth. Yes. Um, in a bizarre series of events. And the baby dies due to lack of attention and the time rapidly passing. Yeah. So Trent says uh, babies crying helps them breathe. We looked that up, didn't we, mum? And Patricia says we wrapped him around the towel to clean him up. Then he looked around and closed his eyes. We had him around the towel for one minute. Why are people so specific with these things? (laughs) Crystal says he died from lack of attention. Which I don't know why Crystal's saying that. Because she was fucking lying on a towel down the other side of the fucking (laughs) beach whilst her daughter was giving birth. So if it's a lack of attention, it's her attention it was lacking. Uh, This genuinely shocked me when they went to the cinema. What the fuck? And then Brent, uh, Brandon, you know, mid-sized sedan, says things are moving too fast here for the baby to survive, <laughs> which is true. Yeah. 
you know, so he does say these very... He's like pointing out facts, things. though. He's just pointing out facts yes. that are very obvious. <laughs> and Patricia I... then says, maybe we should all talk about what's happened. <laughs> and I just feel like it's a parody. I just feel like maybe we should all talk about what's yeah. just happened. It, it feels like it, it's a parody, mm-hmm. particularly uh, Patricia. Yeah. The attempts to leave grow increasingly tense as Charles's worsening schizophrenia caused him to increase his racism towards Jaren and kill mid-sized Sedan. Yeah. And they're playing this off as a really intense and shocking moment. It's not working for me. No. It, it, it's not. Um, we all knew this is where it was going. Yeah, essentially. But then I've kind of forgotten afterwards. Yes. Kind of, oh, okay, that happened, bye. Yeah, Guy literally removes the knife from him and puts it in Prisca's bag, and that's it. Yeah. And he just wanders off somewhere by himself. Jaren attempts to swim for help after he reassures everyone he'll be fine because he was on the swim team. Whilst Charles starts talking to himself, asking his mum to tell him what to do. Yeah, they established that they were all chosen because of their medical history. Yeah. They all, this is where they all realise... That the majority of them on the beach have medical issues. Mm-hmm. Some very serious medical yeah. issues. Both physical and mental. Mm-hmm. Um, Jaren drowns. Doesn't yeah. He? Well, first Prisca tells Maddox that she had an affair yes. when she found out she had a tumour. Uh-huh. Maddox walks off on her own and tells herself to be strong for everyone, but she walks into the sea and finds Jaren's corpse. She goes for an angsty swim, doesn't Does. she, and, and finds his corpse. Trent and Kara bury their baby, and Kara is fuming that the beach has taken their life away from them, so she tries climbing the rocks to try and escape. Yeah, she says that they miss out on prom, they're going to miss out on all these things mm-hmm. of growing up. They already have. Yeah. You know, they've already aged so much. They've missed out on high school. They've missed out on graduation. They've missed out on prom. And it, it's very sad and it's mm-hmm. very interesting. And it's it's the key theme to the film. Yeah. Um, and it, it's almost a touching moment. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, it's just shut out and left there. Yeah. Like, okay. So she gets near the top of the rocks but then she passes out and falls to her death. Guy says as she's climbing, there has to be a way out. It's a mathematical certainty. There has to be a way out. <laughs> Patricia uh, says, I need to get to my sister. She's a therapist too. We fight a lot. She's older, but now I am too. She then has uh, a fatal epileptic seizure. Yeah. And, and that's Patricia gone. And Maddox says as she's she's having this seizure... She says, uh, she keeps stopping and starting. And I just... That's just a performance, huh? Yeah. But again, I wish they would have made their minds up about whether Maddox, Trent and Kara should be acting childlike Uh or not. Because they seem to know certain things, but Maddox doesn't recognise an epileptic fit. I don't don't get what they're going with there. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, if you had the three adult actors acting like children, it's it's not going to work. No. It, it isn't going to work. So I understand what they've had to do, but it, it, it's muddled. Yeah. It's, it's muddled. I just, I just, just wish they would have had them maybe develop, you know, mentally the same way they were developing physically, and then we wouldn't have awkwardness like that. Yeah. 
Guys, eyesight blurs, and Prisca suffers hearing loss. Meanwhile, Crystal... Ooh. My back! I need calcium! Don't look at me! Why? Why? It's it... the classic. Uh... The classic. We all know it. If we're all horror fans, we know it. We know it exists. Why it exists in the 2020s still, I don't know. <sighs> but the tale is old as time. A woman can not deal with looking hideous or deformed. She cannot. She cannot deal with not looking beautiful. Please, please, I beg of you, anyone out there who makes films and is thinking of making a film about the horrors of aging, <laughs> don't make it about a woman. Please make it about a man. We love exploitation. We love those kind of films. You know, they're very entertaining, but we're past that now. Yeah. We are past that now. And that isn't to say that women aren't concerned about the physical and mental effects of ageing. Mm -hmm. We all are. But why is it the female characters that always have to have this grotesque reaction to it? Yeah. The Miss Havisham bullshit. The, you know, whatever happened to baby Jane. Yeah. You know, it's had its time and it worked. Yeah. Mix it up, guys. Yeah. Come on, I need something new. Yeah, and spoiler alert, she becomes a, a sort of monster um, character. She does. By the time she dies. She does. Um, before that, we get a really uh, touching moment with some amazing lines in here from, uh, from Guy. Prisca, I have to tell you something. I saw your text messages one day. He says romantic things. I don't know who I would have been okay with, but that guy, he's joke. He's pretend person. You can do so much better. <laughs> who? <laughs> like who? Like The why? guy she had an affair with. Yeah, no, I know that. He's but... joke. He's pretend person. Okay, but what does that mean? <laughs> This was the point in the cinema where I was nearly breaking. Yeah. Laughter. Like, honest to God, what are you doing? What is this performance? What is it? Like, <laughs> what is this delivery? But why does she even have to cheat? Like, what, in terms of the film, the overall themes and the overall purpose of this film, why did she have to cheat? Yeah. Because it take it's taken up a little bit of screen time, mm -hmm. but completely pointless. Yeah. Because, spoiler alert, he forgives her. Yeah. And they die within a fucking minute of each other anyway. And everything's fine. Yeah. So why have this cheating thing? Like, what, what is it trying to say? Mm -hmm. The idea that she had a tumour in her stomach made her go out and cheat. Okay. What are you trying to say about this? What What yeah. is the reason for this? Why are you including this mm -hmm. in the film? You know, it, it's wasted time. It's wasted air. It's wasted minutes of my life and their lives. Yeah. Now, let's not forget, this is based off a graphic novel. That's yeah. fair enough. But, oh, yeah. but at the same time, this has been adapted into a film. Maybe change some... I'm not sure how accurate it is. I haven't read it myself. But if this is, you know, spot on with what's in the book... Maybe just change it up a little bit for cinematic purposes. Exactly. Whoever wrote this, whether it be M. Night Shyamalan or the, the writer of the graphic novel, mm. 
my, my question still stands. Yeah. Well, Trent and Maddox discovered a notebook of a previous traveller along with indications of their being watched. Yeah. Someone, someone up in the... Uh, Honestly, hills. if you're on a beach that's aging you every half an hour, I'm sure someone watching you is at least in your fucking worries. <laughs> at night, Charles starts slashing Guy and Prisca in a schizophrenic episode. Uh, Priscilla run... Priscilla? Prisca. Priscilla? Prisca. Priscilla, queen of the desert. <laughs> Prisquilla, queen of the beach. Prisca runs as Charles continues to attack Guy. She tells Trent and Maddox to run away and find somewhere to hide. Instead, they find Crystal, who keeps crawling towards them uh, in a cave and is like, Stop looking at me! (laughs) Yeah, Um, hypocalcemia results... I googled that. Uh, results in her bones rupturing, killing her as she crawls towards Trent and Maddox in a cave. And rolls around on the floor for a bit, screaming. It looks stupid. It's so calm. And she keeps going on about <laughs> not looking so at don't her. look at don't me. Don't look at me. I look hideous. <laughs> I look this, that, and the other. Um, I'm assuming they're going for Suspiria remake? I don't know what they're for. The effects about. looked much better in the Suspiria remake. Um... Yeah, it's the, the grotesque, the hag. It's Because of her outfit and everything, it is camp. It is so camp. Yeah, of course. But it's, I mean, it's, what, 50 years too late? It is. 50, yeah. 60 years too late. Change it up. It's 2021. It's a new century. Come on, guys. Prisca returns and slashes Charles with a rusted knife, uh, instigating a fatal blood infection that kills him. And we know this because she says to him, it is rust. It acts like poison when it gets into your bloodstream. Yes. Thank you. We get it. We, we got it when you stabbed him and he was started dying. We, we get it. Why does she have to say that? <laughs> like, why can't she just kill him? <laughs> why does she have to explain a rusted knife? I mean, it helps us as the audience, but why does he need to know this? <laughs> because the, the man, you know, he's... Fully mentally ill now. Yeah, his schizophrenia has completely taken mm-hmm. over. Um, so it's it's irrelevant. Yeah, what is she saying to yeah. him? And she knows this. It's it's for our purpose. Uh-huh. And, and then we have the moment where you know we see the poison go through him, and uh-huh. his face changes, and that. And so you're trying to get a bit of body horror in there now. The film's trying to remember that it is a horror film and just like oh I'll have a little bit of body horror with mm-hmm. these two you know characters that you didn't quite like so it's all fine yeah <laughs> an elderly guy and Prisca make amends before dying moments apart from each other after Maddox sings remain to them so Priscilla got to hear her voice when she's older Stop with Priscilla. Who is Priscilla? Oh, why do I keep saying this? Prisca. I don't know how many times I've said this, but I apologise. It's Prisca. It's not Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. So, yeah, Prisca gets to hear a Nepo baby song before uh, <laughs> before she dies. With only the now middle-aged Maddox and Trent remaining by the next morning, the pair constructed Sandcastle. They revisit a secret message given to them by Edlib which Trent deduces is connected to an underwater coral passage. The message says, my uncle doesn't like the coral. I mean, he could have just been talking about his preference in indie bands, but, you know. That's a fucking deep dive reference there. Not everyone's going to get that. Just imagine. Google the coral. (laughs) 
Just imagine if Trent did this a day earlier. Oh, don't. He's a kid who loves deciphering codes and everything. Why didn't he mention this the day before? Literally. If he'd had it and he'd deduced the code. Yeah. The um, mm-hmm. serial killer code. <laughs> and he realised my uncle doesn't like the coral. The very moment that Prisca turned around and says, there's something wrong with this bitch. <laughs> they would have put two and two together. The coral. Yeah. Let's go. The the moment. And it, it's... Uh, it's the, I suppose it's not really a twist. Is the twist the fact that he could have saved them long before? Because it's not really mentioned. No. That... No, the twist is coming up. Yeah, yeah. Um, believing that the passage will allow them to leave the beach without losing consciousness, he and his sister start swimming through the coral. After they seemingly fail to emerge from the water, M. Night Shyamalan, who is monitoring them, reports that the entire group has died. He gives his news to the manager, who mentions a previous incident where a guest almost escapes from the beach after be- before... Announcing that trial seventy three has concluded, and that is the twist. The twist. It is revealed that the resort is a front for a research team from the pharmaceutical company Warren and Warren that was conducting clinical trials of new medical drugs, which are administered to guests with medical conditions by spiking their drinks, because the beach naturally accelerates the lives of the guests. The research have been able to complete the lifelong drug trials within a day. That is one of the worst Shyamalan twists. And it's so obvious what they're going for, given the time that this was released. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's absolutely a critique of the medical business. Yeah. You know, the you know, morals surrounding particularly American healthcare. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. Um, used as a twist. I'm not sure if it's necessary. No. This isn't part of the graphic novel. I have no idea. It's never explained in the graphic oh, novel. Okay. So yeah. it's never really it's in the graphic novel, it's this beach makes people age rapidly yeah. and then comments on aging and, and I haven't read it, but this is what I've gathered. Uh, and it comments on aging and our relationship with aging and, and all that business. Whereas obviously M night Shyamalan, it's his film. Yeah. So he has to have a twist. Yeah. This, this is what he does. But I feel like a lot of the marketing, uh, or, or it was just my expectations. But I feel like going into the film, it was going to be a twist surrounding why people aged on the beach. Yeah. As as in, it was going to reveal that it, it wasn't um, a magical beach mm-hmm. and there was going to be an explanation for it. And that was going to be the twist and it was going to be very clever. Yeah. And that business. But it's not, you know, it is a supernatural beach. Yeah. So it kind of doesn't feel like a quintessential twist or an M. Night Shyamalan twist because it doesn't necessarily make you 
rethink too much of the film. You don't have to have the flashbacks. Do you know what I mean? You don't yeah. you don't have to have those moments where you're like, ah, oh, oh yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. You know. Um, it is the, there's hints to it, mm-hmm. but I mean they're they're not that interesting. It's no. just like oh okay. On the bright side, part of the research team is Matthew Shear, who is Tony and Mistress America. <laughs> okay. uh, the researchers lure a new group to the beach, but are interrupted by Trent and Maddox, who survived their underwater swim using the notebook as evidence that they uh, gave to vacationing police officer Greg Mitchell, oh. who informs his boss of the researchers' crimes. Oh, it's a good job Trent had a thing for asking people their occupations. I know. So, um, walking off straight away afterwards. <laughs> the researchers are mentioned to have been arrested with um, sub... Subpoenas. 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 Sent to the rest of Warren and Warren as Greg plans to reunite Trent and Maddox with their aunt. And as we get the end credits, you guessed it, we uh, get Remain by Salaika yes. Knight Shyamalan again! Hooray. And that's old, and I can tell you, after watching this twice, I feel 20 years older. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not good, girls. It's not. I did not enjoy it. Um, there is some camp value, and sitting here discussing it with Gary has made me giggle. Um, but watching the film, it it's not, it's not the one. I would, I don't know how much I disagree because I do to a certain extent. Because I wouldn't recommend watching it twice. No, but I would recommend watching it once because I firmly, I can't tell you actually. It's a spoiler for me to say. Oh. Um, but uh, yeah, I think there's some fun to be had with this because of how bad it is. Like, because it's yeah. not the intention for it yeah. to be like this. Because it's unintentionally funny. Mm. It always make for, makes for a few chuckles. That's true. That is very true. Should we get to the awards? Yes. Tough one. Biggest queen. I mean, I went with Patricia just because she speaks a bit of sense every now and then. I suppose, yeah. No, uh, um, I agree with Patricia. I went with Prisca, because she was a know-it-all. <laughs> Biggest gasp, I got the birth and death of Kara's baby. Yeah, the preg- I went with the pregnancy reveal and, and everything that came afterwards. Best dialogue, because it's not included in the film, we can't include the stuff on the trailer. <sighs> I went with, sing it, girl, you have such a beautiful voice. I can't wait to hear it when you're older. I went with, uh, you know, it's the first time they wish they were black. Because <laughs> a genuine giggle out of me. And that's Cam. I've got Crystal in the cave yelling, don't look at me, whilst rolling towards the uh, the kids of the Packers family. Uh, mine was Prisca's pronunciation of beach. <laughs> because it, it was high camp. High camp. Ratings, I give it two films with Jack Nicholson and Marlon Brando out of ten. <laughs> I gave it two female companions out of ten. <laughs> Masterpiece, trash to be trash or basic. I think on a first time watch, this is a trash to piece. It's, yeah, it's in that general trash to piece area. But yeah. yes, it is trash. <laughs> it's available on DVD, Blu-ray, 4K, Video On Demand and Netflix. And if you enjoyed this, I recommend checking out The Visit, the better M. Night Shyamalan film featuring old people. Uh, if you enjoyed the twist in old, you're going to fucking love Cabin in the Woods. Yes. 
which you should have already watched by now if you're keeping up with our Summer Screams episodes. Very true. Which are now over for another year. Summer Screams is done. And what a way to end it. Um, <laughs> it's a way to end it. Definitely. We started it's in ended. Buggy. We started in Buggy Creek and oh, we ended Lord. on the beach that makes you old. That felt like a million years yeah. ago, Boggy Creek. So, uh, we are Horrorcore Trash over on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. We are Horrorcore Trash on Twitter. I'm Gaz 92 on Letterboxd, Gazman205 on Instagram and GazChris92 on Twitter. I am ChrisBarker823 on Instagram and Letterboxd. And this Friday, September the 1st, we are reopening submissions for GASP Horror Film Festival, our festival specifically dedicated to minority filmmakers. Yay! In Ma- taking place in Manchester. So, Film Freeway, check it out. If you're a filmmaker, give us your films. Let's watch them and see if we can put them on the lineup. Uh, give us a review, subscribe on iTunes, like a follow on everything else. We'll be back on Friday with our highlights from this year's Fright Fest. And next week, we will be back with more trash when we will be discussing the delayed episode that is Titanic 666. <laughs> Turns out no one gave a shit anyway. Um, we, there was no point us delaying the episode. <laughs> well. The amount of memes that came out of that incident with the divers. That, I mean, yeah. you know. But for our own Not yet. I'm not saying that we support rich people doing stupid things that but for lead our own, to their demise. Yeah. But for you know, our own conscience, we thought we would delay. Yeah, just so. in case. Just in case. Don't Highly anticipated Titanic 666 yes. episode. We'll be back same time, same place on Friday. Bye.